0: Henderson just motioned for me to. So I want you to know that. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us? I'm not going to preach a message. Uh, I want you to look at something that I've been looking at and just help me study it very recently. Go to Leviticus. Hasn't the Lord has been really good to us. Once yes. you glad our Savior lay aside His glory, took our stripes. Yes. If y'all hit me just a little bit, I'm just going to look in Leviticus for a minute, and then y'all can go. Secret places and in your Bible studies and help me look at this. I, oh, the Lord's been so good to us. I'm, I've I've been looking at that uh, sin offering and that burnt offering, but the last two is the sin offering and then the trespass offering. Andrew Jukes, great man of God, going on to heaven. He said, "You're gonna need that sin offering because you are evil." He said, "But that trespass offering is when you just done evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. yeah, you're gonna come through the sin offering. And you got saved, and you're not bad anymore. But you did a bad." <laughs> and that's just that ought to help us. Yes. oh yes. Because some people don't care about Jesus, they don't care about sin, they don't care about grieving God, they don't care about anything. But then the ones who do care care so much, yeah. Satan takes advantage. Go ahead, preacher. You're helping. Leonard Ravenhill called it haunting introspections. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want you to know If you've come through that sin offering You've been saved yes. and You're no longer A sinner As much as you are a saint yes. and, and I'm almost done with that thought But I got another thought But it said this And on the plane, I usually don't, I'm not spiritual on the plane. I usually nap, snack, stare at people that are weird. (laughs) I stare at them until they know that I know they're weird. And then I feel better. Made all that clear and then I quit staring at them. But, uh, But I opened up Jukes and he said the thing about a trespass offering. It's not that you uh, are bad. It's that you've done bad. Yeah. Well, see, that helps. And then here's what he said. And I'm at the end of my thought there. I just had to give it to you. He said the trespass. He said the sin in your life took place out there. But most of the trespasses took place in here. Said so you can't tra- trespass out there. That's the world. There's there's nothing out there. It's all sin, but trespass and transgression. He said, takes place inside the sanctuary. That's where all the rules and the lines and the <laughs> there's no boundaries out there. They're cussing and, and cheating and drinking and murdering and lying and that's what they're seeing out. The sin offerings for out there. Yeah. <laughs> trespass offerings for all of us that live in here. We sometimes have done bad things. Children, yeah, uh, yeah. you see, most church kids. Yeah. Johnny Pope, well, he helped me a lot in my early years. Johnny Pope said, that "The thing about getting saved at age five or age seven, and you can get saved in, sure. yeah, right. and you can know it, and you can have yeah, a day, yeah. you can have a day, you can shout on. Some people struggle with the day, and I tell them, we're in about the day, and yeah, just trust right. Jesus." But But you can have a day when you were five or seven. Johnny Pope said the bad thing, bring me my blue hanky out of that. He said the bad thing, well, not the bad thing, he said the thing you deal with is getting saved in church as a little child as you commit all of your greater sins after your salvation. And then you hear some preachers that have got a little more spiritual than Romans 7. They'll put a yoke on you that God didn't. And they'll make you think maybe you're not saved. But I got news for you. Christ, He was the peace offering. He was the meal offering. He's the burnt offering. He's the sin offering. And that last one, and it's in the last of the order. Because it's for people that live in the sanctuary. The sin I carried for so long. You get an old c- convict tattooed up. Come out of hell's angels. Three divorces and, and just everything. Yeah. He'll get saved and shout from here to heaven. Right. That guilt is gone. And He done did his sinning. He's done with it. Right. He's going to lay in that sanctuary the few remaining days he has and be so glad. ain't going to hell but some of us got saved in this thing and we have lived in this and all of our living's inside church so all of our mistakes and all of our transgressions (laughs) and and, and that trespass is just for you're not evil but you've done something evil (laughs) bless the Lord Second thought. Preacher, I, just, I didn't say this. Help yep. yourself, Pastor. Um, I remember when, when I was a younger parent, <laughs> kids were starting to understand some things. And I remember one time. came to me and said, Daddy, because I'm hard on them. I want them to do right. Yeah. Sit, Daddy. It's like it's almost like as if you never even did wrong. Because all I have to do is tell them, yeah. oh, just, just trying to get them to do right. I was worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what it taught me was this, It's like I need I need to I, I, I realized I was putting a yoke on them uh-huh. and ever since then I've been trying to take that yoke them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't want that yoke. On. Yeah. Yeah. It's first generation, second generation. Yeah. All first generation Christians. They know what a divorce is. They know what a bar room is. They know what a whorehouse is. They know what a drunkard's night is. And they'll lay heavy laws on their children trying to spare them. You can't legislate and mandate righteousness. But they're just trying to save them. And they're running as far away from the world as they can. Second generation, been raised in nothing but this. And they've seen the ugly side of the ministry. And they've seen the human side. And they know betrayal and they know hurt and pain. And we all knee jerk react. And church kids try to get away from church. They try to get away from the bad things in church and they get away from the good things. And then people in the world try to get away from the bad things in the world and they take away the good things of life. I see children that live in a prison. And and it's somebody who don't want their kids to ever experience anything. And so they don't. And it's first generation second and I and I and in in my walk, they're all going two directions. And I'm trying to get it. Hey, come here. Let your kid smile. Let your kid laugh. Yep. And and hey, come here. Why are you going over there to the dens of iniquity? Get your kids out of there. Come on, Richard. Oh, that's good, Dane. Come on. Woo. I'm grabbing kids I was raised with. And they're dropping all their standards. But it's because they were in, some of them were in a cultic right. atmosphere, right. and they don't want to be Jim Jones, and, and they're embarrassed about the Jim Jones kind of stuff they grew right. up with, and they're all running that way. And I'm saying, come here, it can be a church, not a cult. Yeah, yep, right. you're right. Come here. Oh my, that's hip, Steve. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, grace. Oh. Yes. Yeah, Five, Five times. times. <laughs> Five times. <laughs> What's the verses again in Wilson? We're in Leviticus chapter. What chapter are we in? Chapter 5. What chapter? we? Leviticus chapter 5. All right, give us the verses. 10. Circle it, it shall be forgiven. The last one is six, seven Okay See that's the number of man With the number of perfection Our rebellion But he separated them with our humanity Our humanity And his completed work at Calvary It shall be forgiven What did he say Verse ten Verse thirteen. Sixteen, 18, and then six seven. fifth part. I saw it. I saw that brother Jukes talked about. There's a fifth got to be paid, and he said that's two tenths. That's double time. Yes. And while you're taking notes. About the numerical things here Leviticus chapter 1 Has 17 verses That's the Bible number of victory The great day of atonement Is The seventh Yeah Leviticus 16, 29 Is the seventh month on the tenth day It's this number 17 17 Ain't helping me. 17th oh, day Noah went in the ark. 17th day came out of the ark. Yeah. 17 things at the end of Romans 8 that will never separate you yeah. from the love of God. 17 mentions of Jerusalem in the Psalms. Oh, 17 nations. Mentioned by name That Simon Peter preached to On the day of Pentecost John went to the throne room And he said the word throne Revelation 4 and 5 17 times All of your patriarchs of the faith Are 17 men 17 Is the seventh Prime number Which is a foundational number That cannot be divided It's the seventh prime number. It's very rare for anything to be added up to 17. That's very rare. And all of your patriarchs, Noah, Methuselah, Enoch, you can divide every one of their names by 17. They're all 17 men. (laughs) The word atonement. Discovered this yesterday. Leviticus is all about the sacrifices in the temple of blood. The word atonement is in Leviticus 49 times, seven sevens. And it's only in the New Testament one time Romans 5. Seven sevens is completed. Now, my second thought. Unless somebody else needs to testify. Help us study. One of our friends, pastor. you will be with him next week, Brother Adams. Sixteen stepbrothers and sisters. Eight marriages between his true father and his true mother, Brother Robbie Burton. Sixteen brothers and sisters, none of them are full blood. Brother Robbie's told this from the pulpit, or I wouldn't tell it. Carried a girl up to the city and paid for her to have her. border and illegitimate child. Got a church of about 450 and you ought to feel the grace and the power that runs through there. People have been getting saved there as long as I've known him. Last time I was there on a Sunday, the boy, more people get killed there than I've ever seen. They average two young men a year, right in their own flock, get killed tragically. It's up in double figures. I've never seen anything like it. You get saved and you go serve God or you get killed there. Percy Ray had that going on. Brother Robbie told me he's the opposite of a church kid. And he asked me, he said, help me with my kids. Because all I know is the ugliest side of the horrible pit. He said, I don't know what to tell my children. They're church kids. They're pastor's kids. He said, you've got to help them. And so we was in this neighborhood discussing this. He was talking about how church kids' worst sins is after they're saved. And people from the other side of the track like him, their sin- worst sins are before. And Brother Robbie said to him, it, just, it all equals out at Calvary. Everybody's just sinners. See, church kids have a real struggle with the fact that they're just a sinner. But when the Lord came and saved you, he didn't save you in time. He saved you in eternity. And he held your life in his hands and looked at it. Every sin you'd ever commit. And that's what he took to Calvary. That's what he died for you you see. You say, but I've had light and I've had instruction and I know better, and I still say, "Yep, you're a pretty bad sinner, ain't you?" It's too bad Calvary was only for decent sinners. Oh, wait, I may be wrong about that. Let me check again. Oh, yeah, Calvary's for all sinners. Here's my other thought. Are we done with this? Leviticus 16 is the great day of atonement. Go over there and look at it. Hurry up. Hurry up. I'm almost done. Leviticus 16. It's a great day of atonement. It's when Aaron the high priest... Go in the holy place, pour out the blood on the mercy seat once a year. Can I get a witness? Great day of atonement. All right. Two goats. One led away to a land not inhabited. the other one carried in there on the altar. All right. Great day of atonement. All right. Here's my interest. Here's my interest. I wonder if what... I was looking at Leviticus 15 some years ago. I wonder what he deals with right around the atonement chapter. What are What's he dealing with closest to Calvary? What's in 15 and what's in 17? Y'all ain't helping me. I wonder what it is that's closest to Calvary. and I'll tell you this can I spit it out in seven seconds y'all get it in chapter 15 it talks about sexual uncleanness that yep. sins against your own body yep. in chapter 17 it talks about you don't eat blood you don't defile blood you don't pour blood out it sins against the blood right. there are two yeah. things closest to Calvary yeah. sins against your own body and then sins against his precious blood yes. alright I'm not yeah. sure you're getting this let me it's try it again preacher. The two things closest to Calvary is the things that you've done in your body and the things that you've done to his blood. In chapter 15, he talks about our sexual impurities. And in chapter 17, he deals with them and how dare you, you shall be cut off and tossed into hell if you mistreat the blood. And right closest to Calvary, it's the sins done to my body and the sins done to his body. All right, in chapter 15 is the flesh. Chapter 17 would be of the spirit and what you've done to his blood. Chapter 15 is what you've done in your body. Chapter 17 is what you've done to his blood. Chapter 15 gets all the people really messed up in their, in their flesh and in their life. But chapter 17 is religious people. and What they've done spurned the blood. Sins against your body. Why would those be so close to Calvary? Because those are closest to our hearts. What the devil beats us up The failures and impurities of our own flesh. and our own life. Y'all are just looking at me. Yeah, good, you're ashamed to even confess them to God because it is a shame to speak of those things. Ephesians right, right. <laughs> said it's a shame to even speak of those things down in the dark, and you're ashamed of them. So God put them right up here next to a high priest, poured out blood. Oh, <laughs> the sins closest to your heart, to your hauntings. He just put them right up there. Right up there at the cross. He, he lets you look at all of your fleshly affairs, and he said, let's go to the next chapter. There will be a high priest right, right. making a an And Then you step into 17 after the high priest makes an atonement for you. And make sure you don't sin against the blood. This is almost a sin and a trespass. Help me now. At 15, he needs a sin over. <laughs> but that boy's sinning against the blood, see. He went too far. He's sinning against the body. I, I, I studied that 15 a long time because I'm a church kid, see, and I help church kids. Half of my ministry. Preaching the kids raised in church. Amen. Now it's in fifteen. Y'all want to look at fifteen? You talk about Amen. some blessings. Fifteen. Y'all in Leviticus fifteen? Look at verse thirty-one. Here's what he's doing for you. Are y'all looking at verse thirty-one? He separate the children of Israel, their uncleanness that they die not in their uncleanness. <sighs> when they defile my tabernacle. Ain't you glad that God let you not die in your uncleanness? I love this. Brother Stroud, you remember I was in this some years ago. See chapter 15, verse 2. And I'm about to have a running issue myself. I'm about to run around this building. Y'all looking 15 too? I'm just going to hit the highlights. Watch this. Chapter 15 speaking of Moses and Aaron's hands, speaking to the children of Israel, that. When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, question anybody here got any fleshly issues? And he goes down through the next several verses, go study them when you get to the house, and talks about copulation and, and, and issues out of your private areas. I'm just telling you, these are sexual issues problems our generation is eat up with sexual perversions and sexual problems and all these little youngins you will be amazed you will be amazed at the independent Baptist churches the scandals, the depth of it with phones and with exposure and with, with what these kids are already dealing with and they have running issues out of their flesh And, 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 and the devil Could absolutely stomp you A hole in the ground With that business yes. But God put our yes. Flesh issue <laughs> yes, Right amen. up next to Calvary, yes. And something ran out of his flesh But it was blood yes. Okay I want you to circle this verse two when you have a running issue out of his flesh. <laughs> Look at verse thirteen. He's numbered himself seven days for a glint, wash his clothes and bathe his flesh. Is everybody looking at the end of verse thirteen? Yeah. In running water. This is where I may run. Yeah. Yes. Caleb, you want to go with me, Ben? I may run here in a minute. I'm just so glad that when my issue. My flesh came up in verse two. And they were described in detail. For eleven verses. Eleven's a number of confusion. Ended up in thirteen, my rebellion. God put running water. There's running water that'll cleanse your running issues. Isn't that beautiful? What's the running water? You're in it right now. Right. Yes, sir. We're under a waterfall exactly yes. right now. Right. It's the local church. Because right. the Word's running through there. Yes. Washed in the water of the Word, Brother Kelly. You think I'm right? We're in here seeing the words being preached and the words being honored and the words being presented and we hold it in our hands, we hold it in our hearts, and the word is just it's going to church is taking a bath. Yep. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> Under a waterfall. Go ahead. And this is why people to go to bed dry. Yep. You're uh, right. Churches. You're right. Dry <laughs> ain't no running water. Yes. Running water is when we have a forty five minute altar call yes. last night. All them and sitting under them three white-haired men of God, Brother Jackson, <laughs> Brother Kelly, Brother Clark, and babies was put under this thing, yeah. young couples. Yeah. And probably not all the young couples have perfect paths. Yeah. And some of them don't even have perfect marriages, yeah. a lot of some. But you get under that running water. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Stroud turned the spout on for an hour and flushed us. And the men of God prayed over us in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Bible yes. in a holy assembly. Yes. It's, a, it's a running water. Yes. It's running water. <laughs> and verse 14, when you get that running water, it says, shall be clean. Yes. And shall be clean. All right. Fourteen. Fourteen. Woo! Seven and seven. Look what happens. When you get that running water over your running issues, what's the very next phrase? Read it out loud. Verse 14. And on the eighth day, new beginning. About to run. New beginning. Fourteen is the mass deliverance. Number And God says, we're going to have an eighth day. New beginning. New beginning. And the little woman now has had five husbands. You're jacking up with one right now. But he said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and enjoy your eighth day. Sin no more. And on the eighth day, take them him two turtle dove, two young pigeons, come before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle, give them unto the priest. We're still in the sentence. See that? Colon. And the priest shall offer them (laughs) the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering and the priest to do what? For his what? For him before the Lord for his what? For his issue. (laughs) And if you were wondering what the issue was, it's in verse 16. See verse 16, that was the issue. God I just stuck all that right up next to the cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the devil aware you to be more guilt over your personal fleshly failures, especially young people. Yes. Sins of my youth, brother Kelly, is what the Bible says of my youth. Yes, yes. Please, preacher. And take that gold, shed that blood. In. Say some more stuff about the Day of Atonement. Say some more stuff about the Day of Atonement, preacher, if you want to. I don't know. Don't bother me, preacher. Yeah, water's running over us. Water's running over us. Everybody hear him look at 1 John 1 9 for one moment. That's where Brother Kelly just dropped us off at 1 John 1 9. 1 John is not for you to get in the family, it's for you to get in the fellowship. And he's not he's not talking to lost people in 1 John, he's talking to saved people. And I just need you to see that when y'all try to confess your sins, it's not for you to get forgiveness. It's for you to get fellowship once again. Verse four it's fellowship. You got to get in the family. You never got back. You never got out. Every time me and Jennifer have a fuss, I never have to get married again. Have to get sweet again, so she'll hug me. <laughs> and you got to get sweet again, so the Holy Ghost can embrace you. Are y'all at First John one nine? Quit trying to get your sins forgiven. Look in two twelve. A lot of your Bibles will be on the same page. When you get to two twelve, read it out loud, British Bob, in the English accent, the way it was written. He says they're already forgiven. Yeah. Are? It's not forgiveness you're after in First John one nine when you confess. It's just fellowship. I need all y'all to run in line from one nine to two twelve, and if you got to turn the page, I'm Mark. Y'all are in there trying to get forgiveness. He gave all that to you the moment he saved you. Sins you ain't committed yet have already been cleansed. Yep. They've already been, let's use, let's don't use the word, let's use the word covered. Yeah. Who said it a while ago? Who said it so well? Who said it a while ago? Somebody said it good a while ago. Oh, my God saved you all your sins, all your sins. What do you say? They might be in your life, but they're not on your account. It's where Simon Peter tried to get washed again in, in, in John 13. Wash me. He said, you don't need it to be what You're already, you are clean. What I'm doing is knocking the dust off your feet. You've been walking through this world and you got dust on your feet. You're clean. And John 13 verse 10 said, you are clean every whit. I guarantee you that one syllable word's too confusing to this intellectual generation who are too smart for the Bible. How are you too smart for the Bible and then you can't understand it? So you got to change it all. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that book is archaic and dinosaur and outdated and antiquated and dumb. You can't say that book is dumb and then say you're not smart enough to understand it. Yeah, they all say we're intellectual superior above that book. And then they say, we can't understand it. Somebody dumb it down. I'm sorry. We can't go up and down at the same time. Not in some things. You're going down or you're going up. I guarantee you that word didn't make none of the versions. Wit. Bet it ain't in there. Wit means Noah Webster, 1828, memorized it for all my tortured saints who care so much that Satan takes advantage of them. And they're always worried, does the Lord love me? Has the Lord forgiven me? Am I still a sinner? Am I? And so I memorized it. He said, you clean every whit. Peter hadn't even blasphemed yet. Right? Lord knew he was going to. He didn't just curse, he blasphemed. King James said it blasphemed. That word's too big for them, too. I bet blasphemy nor wit made it to any of the versions. You clean every wit. How clean is that? Here's the definition wit. Every smallest particle imaginable. That's a quote. Every smallest particle. Wit means down to nothing and going into the nothing. When you wet, a wet stone is to grind away. Uh, to whittle is to shave it away. <laughs> white, white is not a color. White literally means without color. Yeah. Whit is so nothing it even dropped the E. Like white, didn't, white had an E on it. And he said, no, there's nothing. <laughs> Stepped on out there and dropped the E. Every smallest particle, and watch this—the Lord knew you'd imagine things that you're not even guilty of. He knew you'd imagine things against yourself. Yeah. He knew your imagination would be telling you how bad you are. Yeah. Whiter than snow. Uh, Whiter Snow is a dust particle. Things around. Yes. Wider than snow. Amen. David was confessing his sin. Psalm fifty-one. He said, "If you'll wash me." I'll be whiter. Whoa! And what the pastor is telling you is there's nothing whiter on this earth than new fallen snow. But what creates a snowflake is a dust particle floating in the upper atmosphere and it runs into atmosphere and it runs into moisture and gives moisture something to cling to. And it's too cold up there and it instantly crystallizes. Once it solidifies, it runs into moisture Gathers around that particle of dust and it's a drop of what, And then it freezes. And then it falls to the ground. It's too heavy to stay up there. And when it gets here, you'll think it's the whitest thing ever. But there's a particle in it. (laughs) And David said, if you'll watch me, you'll even get that particle. that look what, look what God put right up around the tomb put all that sin against your body because Leviticus said he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body right. Right. and the devil will take that verse and beat a lot of you up and say you, you're, you're never making a comeback Come on, <laughs> had an old boy stand up one time and oh he lived a rough life Locked up for 10 years, got saved, got called to preach, had children. He stood up and he asked me. He's reading Galatians. He said, I'm afraid my children are going to have to pay for my sin. He said, Tell me, Brother Dean, are my children? There's 150 people in that Bible college class. He said, Are my children going to have to pay for my sin? And he quoted Galatians 6. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He said, my children went to pay for my sins. Can God fix these things. I said, well, let's use the scriptures. I said, is that F or Ed? Yeah. <laughs> is that F or Ed. But I asked him. I said, Does that verse say, For whatsoever man sowed in his past, he shall reap? Or does it say, For whatsoever man soweth in his present? I said, Let me ask you a question, son. I said, You ever planted a garden? Yes, sir. I said, You plant one grown up? He said, Yes, sir. I said, Let me ask you something. Are you going to eat vegetables? this year from what you planted 20 years ago when you was 10? Oh, preacher. Go ahead. Boy, boy. He said, no. I, said what are you? I said, you got a garden? He said, I do have a garden. I said, what are you and your family going to eat this summer? You're going to eat whatever you're sowing right now. Whoa! Repentance is taking a plow to an old field. <laughs> Plowing it up. Digging it up destroying that crop. Burn it with Holy Ghost fire. And it'll never come up again. See, he that commandeth fornication. I said, is that F or Ed? I guarantee you, F and Ed is too complicated for this university crowd. That couldn't go in their new Bibles. I was reading behind Gail Ripplinger because uh, Brother Stroud's uh, right-hand man, Brother Mark Quiller, showed me Gail Ripplinger. Something the other day, she said. And people say about the King James Bible, well, we don't talk, we don't speak in that language anymore. And she said, they never did. But they wrote in that language. Because there's a difference in eth. Ed, there's a difference in you and thou. There's a difference. And those things matter when it comes down to breaking it down, what it means in other languages and what it means to you. And when you're translating, I'm sticking with that King James Bible. He that committeth fornication. Well, quit doing it. You say, I can't quit. I know. Quit trying. Get over there with God and say these iron chariots in the book of Judges are bigger than me. Need help. <laughs> and you going to send help. <laughs> he's going to see to it to get your issues, running issues under running water. There's a high priest waiting there in another chapter. Got all your sins. Sins against the body. Sins against the blood. Chapter 17. What sins I've brought on myself and what sins I've done against him. Those are the two closest to God. Yes. Bless the Lord.